This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? It is Memphis, and it is Wednesday, and you are listening to episode number 123 of the Dynasty Warzone. That's the one with the pre-NFL Combine rookie roundup with Kyle Richardson of the Fantasy Headliners. And this, of course, is your favorite Wednesday podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network which you can find on Twitter at DF underscore network. Tons of awesome podcasts over there to choose from. So you can either go to the website, you can go to the Twitter handle. You can find not only us, but all of our uh, podcast tag team partners. And we're also on Clipcast. If you don't know what Clipcast is, it is a podcast search engine. You just find them on Twitter at clip underscore cast. And the there's a link in their bio that takes you right to their search engine. And if you want to hear me and Jerry and our guest Kyle tonight talk about Josh Jacobs or Hakeem Butler or any number of rookies for this upcoming class, you just throw their name in there and you'll only get information about that player. And you'll not only get it from the Dynasty Warzone, you'll get it from our homies over at the Dynasty Happy Hour, Dynasty Trades HQ, uh, among a bunch of others. So make sure you check out clipcast.com. But uh, I just mentioned his name. And you know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power, Mr. Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on tonight, buddy? Randy, Randy, Randy. Another week, some more football. I love it. You know, it's February. So usually a whole bunch of nothing goes on right about now. That's not the case this week, my friend. We got, we got, I don't know, we got rumors and we got juicy rumors, not just, you know, a blurb. There's, there's really some credence to it. And we got an exciting guest today. So here's the thing. I'm going to start with this. When I first got into Twitter, when I just made one just out of nowhere because everyone told me I needed a Twitter so I could find things out. And then it switched to a fantasy football only account. And there was two dudes that were really there from the beginning. You were one of them. And then Kyle Richardson, our guest today, is another one that have just... You know, when I only had double digit followers, you guys were two of those people that were double digit, one of my double digit followers. So I'm I'm super excited for this one because, you know, we haven't gotten to interact a lot lately because he's so busy. And so this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, Kyle is a, a good guy and a great Twitter follow. Uh, we'll mention in the interview. I'm sure I'll bring it up. I, I always do in the intro and the outro. But you can follow him on Twitter at krich1532. A uh, great follow, and uh, if you have trade questions or polls you want to get out there, man, he'll hook that up for you. But uh, the Listener League. So tonight, one of our Listener League members reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, when's the when's the Listener League? I'm, I'm getting antsy. I'm like, bud, the answer is still the same. We're going to roll that dude out first week of May. Once the NFL draft is over and all these fine rookies have a landing spot, because I'm not going to go in and, 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 and do that right now. Um, I like drafting in a startup after the rookie draft. Uh, I know there's an air of complexity that, that comes with drafting rookie picks and the like, but for, for me and for the listener, because we have some first-time listeners, I just think it'll be easier if we do it after, uh, after the NFL draft. So, Jerry, are you excited for the Listener League? 
Yep, I am excited to rub everyone's nose in dirt. Uh, Jerry, you are a bully. So uh, I think there's already a Dynasty bully, though, so you can just be a, be a bully here at the Dynasty Warzone. So uh, let's get into the news. This is the news. All right, so the news this week, the first story I want to get into, and this, this story really has legs, if you will, because I'm, I'm starting to hear it and see it more and more. And uh, it goes back to the NFL trading deadline and that the New England Patriots were aggressively pursuing Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, right around the time where they ended up acquiring Josh Gordon. It almost seems like Josh Gordon was their consolation prize, which uh, I guess you get what you pay for in, in that case. But they, they were definitely after Odell Beckham. And then last week, Jay Glazer on Twitter put out that the uh, – the Giants could still be shopping Odell Beckham, which is the second time that's come out because he was allegedly on the trading block last summer. And then today I was listening to the radio and I heard Albert Breer of the Monday morning quarterback talking about how the Patriots could be aggressively after Odell Beckham again this offseason. Um, it's feasible. They've got the draft picks, I believe, with when you add in their compensatory picks, I believe they're sitting on 11 or 12 total draft picks. And they're, according to Spotrack, they're sitting on about $15 million in cap room, which they could cut some players and, and move some money around. And if Gronk retires, that would save them, I believe, $10 million against the cap. But uh, th- this is a story to monitor and, and definitely keep an eye on. So, Jerry, wh- where are you at with this Odell Beckham thing? It, it seems to be uh, just getting started. It would shake the the dynasty foundation at its core if he got traded to the Patriots. And those are the types of things that are just awesome and great for us because it makes it so easy to talk about the football. But, you know, of course the Patriots have, you know, what did you say, 11 picks, 12 picks? Yeah, when you factor in their compensatory picks from last offseason, they they got some some picks, uh, some additional picks coming. So, yeah, it's like 11 or 12. Oh, cool. Super. That's just great. Of course they do because the rich get richer but listen if he does end up there i how do you not love it i mean you know you can't even use the excuse that oh tom brady's old and he's gonna retire and they're not gonna have a quarterback he already has that going on for him and eli manning couldn't even hold tom brady's jock strap so it honestly it would as weird as it is to say i think his value would increase even more it's hard to say skyrocket because he's already a first round startup pick, but I think it would put him in that conversation of the top, you know, three, four picks again. Yeah. I, I mean, I think in a startup that would maybe like one Oh five, I still think you're going to see a lot yeah. of the running backs go, go in front of him. But I think him landing in new England, we were just talking about our listener league. I think that he could be, you know, battling Deandre Hopkins for the first wide receiver off the board. If he were to wind up in New England. So so definitely keep an eye on that, especially as we get closer to the draft. A lot of times this stuff can come out in the combine, which could be as soon as next week. So um, nothing can be official until March 13th when the new league year starts, which happens, hey, how about this segue, to be when Joe Flacco will officially become a Denver Bronco. Uh, Joe's leaving Baltimore, heading to the Mile High City, and I believe what was going to be a fourth-round pick, which Denver can afford, Denver acquired a fourth-round pick when they traded Demarius Thomas to Houston. So, uh, Jerry, what are your thoughts on Joe Flacco in the Mile High City? Eh, I mean, it's like Case Keenum all over again. 
I mean, I think he's better than Case Keenum. You know, I mean, he's got a Super Bowl that says he is. It, when he puts his game together, he's better. I'll say that. So, you know, let's he likes to launch the ball down the field. So let's hope that that helps Cortland Sutton out or Deshaun Hamilton out. One of these guys that can just get 50 yards down the field and just let Flacco just uncork one. So th- that's my hope. But I maybe if you have him in a super flex, maybe you're able to flip him now. Maybe he was your QB three or something. Uh, I mean, that would be nice. Um, do I think he's going to be fantasy relevant? No, I don't, Randall. Randall. Only my mom and my parole officer call me Randall. Um, but hey, uh, you know, we love our draft Twitter and Dynasty Twitter homies. But I was listening to uh, the John Middlecalf po- Middlecalf, excuse me, podcast today, which he doesn't have a fantasy spin. He just talks football. I believe he was a former scout in the NFL. And then again, I mentioned that Albert Breer interview I heard. And and both guys called him a clear upgrade over Case Keenum. I know there's been a lot of like pictures of their their stats and average depth of target. And, and I agree. I still think Joe Flacco is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. You know, I think I think uh it's a little too close to the recency bias of his great season in Minnesota with Pat Shermer. Uh I don't hate it. But I then again I think Joe Flacco is gonna wind up being the Denver version of Tyrod Taylor. I still think they take Drew Locke at the 10th overall pick. And I, I think Joe Flacco is more of a bridge quarterback until maybe the middle of the season, and then Locke takes over. So um, I think it's good for the, the offense in general, but it's not a long-term asset. So if you can sell this off in a, in a super flex league and maybe get something for Joe Flacco the same way you would have last year for Tyrod Taylor, now is the time. Next I like of- the uh, the Tyrod sort of situation comp. I think that's perfect. It, it, it feels eerily similar. So uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown of Oklahoma University is going to miss the combine and Oklahoma's pro day because he had surgery back in January to repair a Liz Frank injury in his foot. Jerry, what does this do for his uh, dynasty rookie draft value? Uh, I think it helps. I think it helps, Randy, because here's the thing. People were starting to get really, really high on Marquise Brown. And he is, you know, he's a bullet when he starts running. And when he was going to get to the combine, he was going to run a quick 40. And that was only going to get the hype going. And I think this is going to make him slip down a little bit. Now, let's hope the injury isn't lingering. That, I mean, but... That, that's the one thing that could give me pause about this, but I do think it sort of helps regress him to the median, so to speak, because I, I feel like he's a talented guy, but he also, you know, he has some things that he lacks, and but people were seeing the speed and the measurables, and that was, that was hyping him up a little too much for my taste. So it, it's frustrating to not see him there, because I wanted to see him, you know, maybe run a three cone and see if he's not just a, you know, small guy run straight, real fast type of guy. So that that's the one thing. It's disappointing, but it also could potentially be helpful come rookie draft season. Uh, you you kind of stole my point. I agree. I th- I think the fact that you you will not get to see him run probably a sub four four forty will keep you from overdrafting him like like a lot of players did with John Ross a couple of years ago. Uh, th- this is going to save you some some draft capital. But he is a guy that I am definitely going to be interested in in the second round of some rookie drafts. But I will tell you that the Liz Frank injury in his foot, um, 
this is a guy that will probably spend a good portion of the 2019 season on your taxi squad, which is cool. Um, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's five foot nine, a buck seventy. Could certainly use uh, the time to put on a little bit of uh, beef, if you will, a little bit of muscle mass to uh, get ready for the NFL. So uh, Hollywood Brown not going to be participating in the combine. And I'll tell you who's not pr- participating in common sense right now, and that's Antonio Brown. <laughs> or uh, was it Mr. Big Chest? Mr. Big, Mr. Ch- Big Mr. Chest. Mr. Big Chest. So uh, if you have not... Who, I, who comes up with their own nickname like that? Oh, and who who does Mr. Big Chest? Like, that's what you came up with? Yeah, oh my God. I mean, it was like a two and a half minute video on Instagram Live. He, uh, Someone posted it on Twitter and I shared it. You can find me at DFF Memphis. I posted it on uh, sometime Tuesday. You can find it on my timeline. Holy cow. What a what a strange trip. And he's out there just talking about, if you got that guaranteed money, I, I, I tell you what, he wants to get traded. He met with the owner of the Steelers on Tuesday. But, you know, he's still not helping himself. You know, I've always said, if you're not part of the problem, you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Antonio, stop being part of the problem and shut the hell up, all right? But the weird thing about all this is, Jerry, is they haven't even allowed him and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, to start uh, seeking a trade. And according to Peter King, he tweeted this on Monday, I believe, that uh, Antonio Brown's off-the-field, uh, off off-season antics with uh, the Mr. Big Chest and all this is scared off at least one potential suitor. Where are you at with a guy with a Hulk Hogan mustache who plays a hell of a I, wide receiver? I hate the mustache so much. Was, I, that's it. That's the that's the best I can do to describe the situation. Is just really like, dude, you're applying for a job. I get you have all the money and all the fame, and you're awesome. You're unbelievable at this game. But I, we can see you want to still play, and you're just poo pooing all your shots at getting any good jobs that you may want when they see this kind of stuff. I have loved Antonio Brown his whole career. But like Randy said, dude, shut the hell up. Just let your agent do, do, his, do his job. You know, pull one of those LeBrons. LeBron James used to do this in the, the playoffs. LeBron James may not have that problem this year, but, but funny story, he used to do this thing during the playoffs. He calls it like zero dark 30 or something where he completely stays away from social media during the NBA playoffs. And, and take a page from LeBron's book, AB. Just shut your mouth. Get yourself out of Pittsburgh. That's the goal. But but help the goal by not talking, and I, I I just smell Raiders. Raiders have the cap room. Raiders have the draft capital to get a deal done. Uh, he's going from black and gold to black and silver, in my opinion. But uh, l- let's talk about Chris Godwin. Let's talk about some good wide receiver news that doesn't piss me off, and that is Chris Godwin <laughs> is is going to go to uh, going to be playing some more in the slot in 2019. That big slot receiver, I tell you, uh, we know Mike Evans commands a lot of attention. Uh, there in Tampa Bay, and my, I just this just reeks of fantasy goodness. Now earlier in the uh, off season, right around Christmas, I had him on my sell list, but when things change, my opinion change. He's went from a sell to me to a buy. I I, I think he's uh he's worth around the one hundred five, one hundred six in in your rookie drafts, and and I'm I'm pretty excited about uh, his twenty nineteen. Jerry, what do you think about Godwin? I for the first time in his career, he's a buy for me as well. I. I have sort of been a downer of Chris Godwin throughout his career, but if you watched him last year, he was a red zone threat. 
he caught, I think it was either eight or nine touchdowns it this was, season. It was seven, but you're close. Yeah, seven. Yes, yes. And you got Mike Evans is always going to take the defense's eye. He's always going to be there because he's a big giant man that can run and he can catch those contested passes. And Jameis loves to throw to him. But, you know, when he catches that pass and it goes down to the six yard line and Ronald Jones can't run it in or whoever, maybe they draft somebody, you know, they're, they're going to try and throw it. And OJ Howard got hurt. So guess who got the opportunities? Chris Godwin. And he took him. And he did a great job. So with Adam Humphreys gone, and he's still got that red zone threat in his repertoire, plus he's going to be getting you those PPR points out of the slot. Yeah, I'll be buying. And I would be selling one of those later mid-round, first-round picks for him, being so happy to have him on my team. And he'll just be turning 23 going into the season. So a lot to like about Chris Godwin. And the last story before we bring on Kyle, is uh, Gronk. Gronk is still a, uh, quote-unquote, in his regular routine around Gillette Stadium. Now, th- th- this one's fascinating to me. Now, he did say again that it's going to be a couple more weeks before he makes a final decision on whether or not he's going to retire and what have you, which that's fine. But a guy still making his regular routine around the stadium. I mean, if you're retiring, you don't go to work. You know, you don't care. I mean, you're going out getting liquored up and chasing women and all the stuff that Gronk's known for. But he's showing up for work. So, you know, Jerry and I talked about this off air before we hit records. Like, if you got like the 404 or something like that, throw that to the Gronk owner right now who maybe is not paying attention because he's not listening to the Dynasty Warzone. I mean, I mean the odds of, a, of the 404 hitting uh, are pretty slim. Damn near zero. Or, or slim to none and slim just left town. And, and if you can get Gronk cheap, they're like, this guy, you know, that owner might think this guy's an idiot. Gronk's going to retire and go wrestle in the WWE or go make movies. You know, you might get one season out of Gronk for like a like a fourth, a late third, early fourth round pick. So uh, I'm certainly taking that shot out there. What, what do you think, Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. Even if even if he does retire, okay. Like, like we said, that's a pick that is nine out of 10 years, not going to do a darn thing for you. And they're cut by week three of the regular season, or they sit on your taxi squad until the next year. And then you got your new third round pick that you're going to replace them with. So yes, absolutely. That's it's a low risk with a potentially high short term reward. So, but it is weird though. I mean, for a man that's been talking about retiring and you're going to hang around your job, listen, I'd like some of the people at my job and I like going some days, but if I knew I was going to be done, I would not be hanging around there. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm with you. I love my job and I love the people that I work with, but uh, if I hit the lottery or was going to be retiring, my attendance is going to become very erratic. Well, listen, um, Jerry and I really appreciate you hanging out with us, but uh, it's time to bring on the third man. So uh, Jerry, let's bring Kyle onto the show and let's talk about some rookies. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Our guest tonight is an analyst of the NFL and Major League Baseball for Fantasy Headliners and is also the director of social media for the Fantasy Headliners. He is a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association plus the developer of the Dynamic Running Back Rating. Please welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, Mr. Kyle Richardson. Kyle, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, fellas. Really appreciate going on. Jerry's one of the very first people I ever really met in the industry and had a chance to talk with. So this is the first time we've actually spoken 
true words to each other and not like messages or tweets. So this is, this is going to be a good time. Well, I'm, uh, I'm sorry in advance. So, uh, no, uh, I, I just, <laughs> listen, I, Randy, you were one of the original ones too. So you're, you're both in the same, the I, same guys that birthed me in this community. I, I remember how excited I was when you came over to the dynasty football com. I was pumped because, uh, you were into poker and we, we had a lot in common and, uh, but before we get into some of the questions and I want to ask Kyle about, you know, the, the things that he's working on besides talking on our podcast, but, uh, I want to give Kyle props. So this guy, he must get tagged in every single Twitter trade <laughs> ever. And, and, and he may have missed one in his career, but this guy is so generous with his time and his thoughts. He doesn't always just retweet. He does his best to retweet with comments. So uh, I can't say enough good things about that. That is uh, true loyalty to the people that follow you and to what we do. So a uh, big shout out to on, on that, Kyle. Well, I really appreciate that. It's funny that you mentioned that because just a little bit ago, too, I was thinking, man, I've missed like four or five tweets in the past couple of days with trades and I haven't gotten to them yet. So that is on my list for tonight still. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you and I get tagged in a lot of the simil uh, similar ones and uh, you, you are always coming through strong. So uh, before we get into talking about some of these 2019 rookies uh, with the combine about a week away, I want to ask you what's going on at Fantasy Headliners. Tell us about that and uh, where can our listeners find you at over there? Yeah, so right now, uh, the main place to find us is on YouTube. So youtube.com backslash the fantasy headliners. Um, and, uh, you know, we're working on a website right now. So we're trying to get that up and running. A lot of good things going on. So Jake Hubman, who's our founder, um, offered me the chance to to come partner up with him and do a little a lot of really cool things. And we're grinding right now. And uh, we're going to put in a lot of hard work this offseason. And we're going to make 2019 the best fantasy season we've had so far. And also, before we get into uh, the football, you uh, you cover a little bit of this. this uh, it's a white ball, not brown. It's not oblong <laughs> like we normally talk about here on the War Zone, but it's white. It's got some red stitches. And uh, you do some Major League Baseball stuff over there as well. Yes, yeah. So it, believe it or not, it, as much as I talk about football and as much football stuff as I do, baseball is my first love. That's what I grew up playing. Um, was fortunate enough to play a few years in college and get to experience that. And I just, I've always loved baseball, but um, I, I've also loved fantasy sports overall. So I, I've even done football and I follow football very closely. Big college football fan. Um, so you know, it just. With how big the football industry is, I knew that I really needed to embed myself there um, and then kind of pick up baseball as, as I went along and add that to my repertoire. So that's what I've been working on. Nope, that's awesome. And there's a lot of crossover. Jerry, are you familiar with the baseball? White, red stitching? I've heard of it. Okay. Uh, now, now, And just, just to give a little pointer to the listeners, I know they all know my allegiance because I go on more rants than a few. But Kyle has a winged helmet hanging from his wall in the back, and I'm just staring at it right now. So don't. <laughs> so if I at some point mute myself, or Randy has to bleep a few things, just know <laughs> it's probably Kyle's fault. Yeah, um, I, I realized that real real quick as we were before we hit the record button is that uh, Jerry is obviously a loyal loyal member of uh, Spartan Nation, and uh, the first thing I saw over Kyle's shoulder on the on the google hangouts is a michigan helmet i knew exactly where where this one was gonna what, what was gonna be trending so um but, but before I, a feud breaks out we're, we're gonna get into some of these rookies so um that, that's the biggest thing going on in dynasty right now i mean obviously there's a lot of trades kyle you know referenced and i did too the ones that we've been tagged in a bunch lately 
But uh, we want to talk about some of these rookies, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to our guests. So who, who is your favorite rookie so far? Maybe not the best. We ask us of, of everybody. Um, who is your favorite rookie so far in this 2019 class? I'm really excited to see Hakeem Butler. Uh, He's a guy that um, I started watching uh, really late um, two years ago. Um, And then I really started diving into him a lot more at the beginning of this past season. Um, He just, I mean, he has so many physical traits and he just looks like a guy that is ready to play football every single day. He's made some really spectacular catches even this past year. And I think that's really what put him on the map for a lot of people. You know, but being out there in Iowa State, uh, a lot of a lot of people probably didn't pick up on him in, until recently. So, really excited to see what happens with him. Hoping for a really good combine. I'm hoping he lands in a really good spot, though. I mean, when it comes to rookies, landing spot is nearly as important. It's fifty fifty when it comes to talent with me because you know the perfect landing spot can make all the difference. No, and I, I like the uh, the Butler call. I recently got him at the one hundred and nine in a mock draft. I did it online with a bunch of guys from from twitter and i know uh, a lot of you are loyal subscribers to the war zone but for those of you that are new go back and listen to the travis may episode uh, he also was a fan of hakeem butler and that's what you're looking for right now you're looking for commonality you're looking for guys that we respect like kyle like travis like nick whalen you're looking for these guys that have been doing this for a long time you're looking for them you know, multiple people to say that they like somebody. So this is the third person that we've had uh, visit us about rookies lately that uh, that likes Hakeem Butler. So uh, Jerry, who who is your favorite? So we're going to start breaking down a little bit of you and uh, my favorite rookies uh, for this class. Here's the thing about Hakeem Butler too. He's six six. So I mean, and that dude can ball. So I like that pick. I went with David Montgomery. I feel like uh, I didn't really go out on an edge on that one. He's his offensive line scares me a little bit at Iowa State. He it seemed like every time that dude got the ball, there was a defender a yard in the backfield and he had to make a move, but he made the move and he fights forward for yardage every time. He's good catching the ball. Would have liked to have seen a little bit more, but you know, he still had 36 receptions in 2017. He had a little bit of a dip this year. You know, it with a legitimate offensive line with NFL talent. I really think he can make some noise. So David Montgomery is my favorite, but honestly, there's, there's no one that really stands out in this class. There's, I like a lot of guys in this class. It gets a bad rep and I like it a lot more than most do, but he just, he has a little something that makes me want to stay David Montgomery from Iowa state. Well, I, I can't say that. I, I hate that. He's definitely in my top five and I have him and the guy that's my favorite are, uh, I guess my, uh, I guess he's not my favorite. My he's my highest rated, but uh, my my highest my favorite personally is is Devin Singletary. Uh, I got him in a Devi Orphan that I was in last year. Um, five foot nine, two hundred pounds, but he's got big time college production. He had seven hundred and fifteen carries in three years at Florida Atlantic, uh, totaling forty three hundred yards. Um, you know, he had an almost a 2,000-yard rushing season as a sophomore, 1,918 total yards. My only concern is that he had a descending reception total. He went from 26 to 19 to 6 over three years, but I would love to see this guy in Buffalo or Oakland. And we're going to talk about some landing spots here in just a few minutes. But I, I really like Devin, Devin Singletary. Kyle, before I ask you about uh, 
your your favorites. What do you think about Devin Singletary? I, I like him a lot, too. He's a guy that I was able to grab in a couple of Debbie leagues pretty early, um, and I've held on tight. That I mean, all the production is there. Um, he definitely seems like he has the tools. You know, you look at like a, a lot of people in fantasy, fantasy football that don't dive nearly this deep, and this is why we do things like this to inform uh, people who don't dive nearly this deep. You know, they look at Florida Atlantic and they say, oh, you know, not a big time school, and he kind of gets written off a little bit right away. So, you know, that's the one thing going into this season that, uh, you know, I, I always encourage fantasy owners, dynasty owners, Debbie owners to keep their mind open about small school guys because, um, you know, some of your best players could come out of there and you don't ever notice it until the last minute. All right, so uh, we, we've all listed some personal favorites, maybe not the best. So I'm going to let you go with back-to-back. Give us your highest-rated running back and highest-rated wide receiver in this class. Yeah, so at running back, I'm, I'm going to stick with David Montgomery here for a second. Um, you know, it, it, he's he's got all the tools. He's got everything I want in a running back. Um, you mentioned my dynamic running back rating, which is something that I developed this past season. That is that really takes into account what a football player, what a running back does after he touches the football. And um, David Montgomery has all the characteristics, especially his ability to create so many yards after contact, make people miss. I was watching a couple of videos of him today and, you know, he get people get into the backfield right away. And then he just gets away somehow or another. So I think he's going to be a guy that based on that rating, unfortunately, I can't predict with it right now because college football doesn't give me all the stats I need like the NFL does. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to rate really high. And then my my highest ranked wide receiver right now is Nikhil Harry. I think he's the safest guy. I think a lot of people are on DK Metcalf right now as being um, one of the, the higher rated wide receivers. And I do tend to agree that his ceiling could possibly be a little bit higher than Harry. But I think Harry overall is going to be the safest bet wide receiver in this class. All right. Well, Jerry, you've got to like the, uh, the David Montgomery being his, his highest rated. Jerry, who are your highest rated combo there of wide receivers and of wide receiver excuse me and running back well for the reasons i stated earlier and kyle just said david montgomery's my top running back um but then when it comes to wide receiver i do like Nikhil harry he he torched my spartans this year he's you know he's been around if you've been into devy at all he's been a guy that's just been lingering around for years but i went with kelvin Harmon. um i think they're virtually the same I just really like that Harmon always gets two feet inbounds when he makes a play. I don't, it's just a little something that just, it just makes me feel warm inside. He just warms my soul every time he gets that out of bounds play and he taps that second toe. There's not a big transition. He's a big play guy. He's awesome with the ball in the air. You know, it, it there are things that scare me. Um, I believe it was Travis May who said that he lines up on the right side of the field like 96% of the time. So that, that scares me, but that could just be a scheme of NC state and maybe not indicative of his play. Uh, So I'm going to go with Harmon just because I I like seeing a man get two feet in bounds. Two feet in bounds at the college level is never a bad thing when one will do. Um, I also had Harmon as my number one wide receiver. I, I love the size, six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, uh, and it seems like a little thing, but if you follow him on Twitter or Instagram, I love 
my professional athletes that post pictures of their workout. My neighbor, the guy down the street, I don't care, dude. Good for you. You you were knocking out two twenty five for reps. But but let's, you, let's be real though. It would be funny if I tried it. I would, Jerry. We're going to still going to do. We talked about it with Nick Whalen. We talked about the Dynasty Combine, and uh, we we may have to do that. But but I love the fact that that he is working on his craft. He knows that the the Combine next week is a job interview, and he's prepared. He's showing up in shape. He's ready. He's working on his craft. I also love his ascending production. You know, his reception and yardage went up year after year after year. In three years at North Carolina State, he peaked with 81 catches for about 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns this past season. And if, and if you divide that by the 12 games that he played, that's seven for 100 a game. That is solid, consistent production. And I, I really like that. Um, I, I, I am same concern as Jerry, that he only lines up on the one side of the field. But you know, he's going to, you know, work with professional coaches, and I don't know how much of that they can change, but I would love, absolutely love. So the Colts have the Jets' high second-round pick. I would love if they draft Kelvin Harmon in the, the top of the, the second round. And uh, the one thing that Travis said about uh, Harmon over Harry is that, and easy for me to say, Harmon and Harry, um, he's, got, he's a little bit smoother in the hips especially. So, um I think Julio Jones type upside is is not unrealistic. And then my running back is, is Jerry's going to hate me because he's a hipster and he hates everything that's popular. <laughs> but 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 I like uh, Josh Jacobs, five foot ten, two hundred and fifteen pounds, plays really really fast. I'll be curious to see how he tests at the combine. Um, and he's a very very I don't say polished, but a very good receiver. You know he lined up in the wing, he lined up in the slot. Um, he, he's not just a good catch it out of the backfield guy. So I, I love that in a PPR world. And one thing that absolutely makes me very excited about him is that he is an excellent blocker. He has received a lot of kudos about his, uh, his blocking while, while in college. So I, I like that a lot because that's going to get the quarterback's trust. That's going to get the head coach trust. And if you're drafting a guy around the 1-1, which I think Jacobs will go 1-1-1-2, depending on landing spot, is that you need production out of that player year one on your fantasy team, and good blocking will get him there. So, so those are some fa- those are uh, our, our favorites, and those are the guys that we have ranked the highest at uh, everybody's favorite positions. But one thing I wanted to, to discuss with these guys is uh, best landing spots for some of these wide receivers and running backs. So, uh, we'll start with the wide receivers. Uh, some of the common ones that we all had were Indianapolis, which I just mentioned. I would love to see. Uh, Harmon wind up there. New England, although we talked about that in the news, that there's uh, some real heat around Odell Beckham and the, the, the Patriots, but New England's a great landing spot. I still think Green Bay could, could be a potential good landing spot, but the one that only Jerry put down was Detroit, and I put down New Orleans. So I want to ask our guest, I want to ask Kyle, what do you think about Detroit and New Orleans as landing spots for uh, some of the wide receivers in this class? Uh, we'll start with Detroit since that's my favorite professional football team. And, uh, you know, it, that one would be that one would be interesting. The the thing that I would love to see as a Detroit fan would be Hunter Renfro to play in the slot. That's me personally um, is, is a later round pick for the Lions. If they were to spend uh, if they were to spend a decent, you know, upper end pick on somebody, though, you know, I think Marvin Jones can bounce back. I think Kenny Galladay is the true wide receiver one there. So. It would, I think it would be an exciting pick for them, but I don't think it would be a pick that they would have to make right now unless it's a guy that they're saying, hey, we're going to play him in the slot. 
and I definitely don't want it to be a tight end. So we were talking about that a little bit before going on. I'll break my laptop if they take a tight end at eight. But I, listen, I'm with Kyle. When I put Detroit down, I didn't think they would take one in the you know in the first two days. But I feel like if they do get one later on, I feel like that is going to be a spot where you can get that sneaky value. Maybe Andy Isabella or somebody shows up in Detroit, and you can just get someone that Stafford can just have to replace Golden Tate. I think that that's a sneaky fantasy spot. Uh, well, let me ask you, you Detroit fans this. What about A.J. Brown winding up in Detroit? Uh, would he be a good compliment to Galladay long-term? Because I, I, I believe he lines up quite a bit in the slot himself. Yeah, anybody, I mean, anybody that can move into the slot and play exclusively, I don't want to say exclusively, but play there a majority of the time right now is what I would like to see in Detroit. Um, you know, like I said, and I, Marvin Jones, I, I still think he has, I mean, he's the deep threat. I think he's the guy. But, I, you know, people hate Matthew Stafford for some reason or another, and I don't ever <laughs> get it. Um, but, you know, with Matthew Stafford, I mean, if Jared Goff can support uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, then Matthew Stafford can support three wide receivers as well. Um, the, the question will be if they commit more to the run this season, though, with on Johnson um, and then obviously a staff coming in, a new offensive coordinator that has always been run heavy. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, and then uh, I mentioned New Orleans because you watch New Orleans down the stretch, and it seemed like from the Dallas Cowboys game on, it seemed like a lot of teams, I don't want to say figured them out, but their offensive production from that game forward was nowhere near what it was at the beginning of the season. And they need someone. I think Mark Ingram's going to leave in free agency, not that he was a huge part of the offense to begin with, but they need someone on top of Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas to make something happen. So I, I think this could be a good spot. They don't have a first-round pick. They traded that to Green Bay last year to draft uh, Marcus Davenport on, on the defensive line. But if, if you could pick one of these wide receivers to wind up in New Orleans, Kyle, where would you uh, think would be? A, uh, who do you think would be a good fit for that New Orleans system? I'm I'm going to go the route we just went and say someone that can play in the slot again because my Traquan Smith shares will cry deeply um, <laughs> if he doesn't get a chance. I really like him. I, I think he's going to be a really productive wide receiver. So I don't know if, if New Orleans needs to spend a pick on somebody, but if they do, it is somebody that I would like to see play a little bit more uh, in the slot because I think Traquan Smith is a good outside weapon to go with Michael Thomas. I agree, and I, and I would actually like uh, New Orleans to invest in one of these tight ends in the class more than a, a wide receiver. Um, yes. We don't have a lot of tight end talk tonight, but um, you know we've got an interview coming up with Matt Waldman, and he mentioned Dawson Knox. And Dawson Knox is the kind of late tight end pick that I would love to see wind up in a place like, like New Orleans. So um, let, let's kick it over to running backs. And, and the consensus landing spots that we all liked were the Bills, uh, to replace Shady. Philadelphia, I don't know that Ajay Ajayi is going to be back. And I think the best overall position, or excuse me, landing spot, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we know how Bruce Arians uses the running back position. And I don't know if they're going to go running back. They could maybe add someone in free agency. But uh, three three potential landing spots that kind of come up, uh, excuse me, two. One was Kansas City. Uh, Kyle, what do you think about Kansas City? Do you think they would draft someone? And if so, how early in the draft do you think they would? I do think they draft somebody. And that's why I'm telling everybody 
going after Damian Williams like he's a first round pick to calm down and be careful of investing like that. Um, because because I, I, I think he starts a season and it, it is the starter. Um, but at some point, I think they make a pick. They bring in somebody to give him some competition. I mean, there are so, so many. And we talked about, you know, Jerry, you mentioned this class being, you know, a really good class. And it just doesn't seem to get enough credit for that. And I definitely think the running backs, um, it's just a really good, solid running back class. A lot of really good landing spots could lead to some quality production. So, I mean, they could spend, you know, a second round pick. I, I think they spend a, a decent pick. They work on that defense a little bit first, maybe first and second round. Um, and then maybe third round even come in and get themselves a running back. But they're, they're going to get a running back at some point. And even if it's late, Later on, I mean, if they were to draft a guy like Rodney Anderson, who I really like, who doesn't Don't tease it. me like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I have I have two leagues where I have the one point zero one that I was able to to grab last year. And if like a guy like Rodney Anderson goes to the Chiefs, I'm just going to go all in on him. <laughs> I mean, I I would love Rodney Anderson there. Honestly, there there's probably a tier of like six guys. That I would take if they took within the first four rounds, they would automatically jump into my first, you know, two, three, four rookie picks just based on the spot. I mean, listen, Damian Williams looked good last year. Let's not, I don't want to twist that around, but how long did it take for him to show that he was worth it? I mean, that's the system that produced the man. And if you got a nice young guy coming in, maybe a nice shiny new toy. Yeah, he's going to be worth a top high end first round pick. I just the thought of them drafting a running back early just whoo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerry and I appeared on the open bar with J Mike and uh Gabe the the infamous man bun and we kind of had a debate with Jordan McNamara about the value of Damian Williams and I was like, "Man, this smells an awful lot like uh like Alex Collins from from last year." Uh, Alex, oh, I got suckered into Alex Collins. So you, you know, but but you know what? It sounds it sounds like you you've learned you've learned from those shenanigans. Um, the the landing spot that I like, I really like, is especially for like you know you mentioned Rodney Anderson, but one of the the, the bigger backs, and uh, I could even see uh, my under the radar guy. I'm going to mention here in a bit, uh, filling that two down role, and that's Oakland. Uh, John Gruden had. You know, a pretty good track record, and and I know we all make fun of Oakland, and they're kind of the running punchline of the NFL. But I, man, I, I just think that this could be a decent offense. I was joking with a uh, a league chat I was in earlier. I was like, here's my prediction for for Oakland's off season. They draft Kyler Murray at four, trade the uh, trade Derek Carr to Oakland for the six, uh, then trade use either the 27th overall or the 35th overall to trade Pittsburgh for Antonio Brown. Sign Le'Veon Bell and mix them all in a bowl and bada bing, bada boom. You got the Las Vegas Raiders, and n- none of none of that would surprise me. But I do think Oakland is a good landing spot for one of these rookies, especially one that we see with three down tools. So, do, do you hate the Oakland landing spot? I don't. I, I don't either. And I, and they can really make up for a lot of the heat, a lot of the criticism that they've gotten, a lot of criticism for John Gruden and what he's done and. Obviously, those picks that he traded for, he thought they might end up being a lot earlier than what they were, um, but they have a chance to rebound. And um, I was telling Jerry before we went on, too, we've done uh, two mock drafts now over on the Fantasy Headliners, and 
with our mock drafts, we like to play out certain scenarios. We're not actually making predictions right now because so much can still happen, even with the combine and things coming up. So we play out different scenarios. And the last scenario we played out, the one that we dropped yesterday, was Kyler Murray goes to the combine, has a huge combine, people explode, and now they're going to move all around. And I actually, uh, I actually put in this mock that they would move up to number one to take Kyler Murray to make sure that they got him over everybody else. Um, Raiders fans don't love that. I will tell you right now that I have had more <laughs> than enough comments telling me how ridiculous that is. But I mean, I, I could see, I mean, he's a, he's a good sexy pick and they're headed to sexy Las Vegas is what I'm going to call it. So that's something I'm going to coin moving forward. So, um, you know, I, I could see that happening. They take one of these nice young backs. I mean, and, and all of a sudden, if they do get an Antonio Brown or whatever they end up doing at wide receiver, all of a sudden you have an offense that went from being just dead last season to uh, being one of the bigger potential spots for fantasy football owners. And uh, as a guy who's got Derek Carr as his QB3 in a lot of super flex leagues, I would not hate him winding up in New York throwing to Beckham and Ingram and Shepard. So, uh, yeah. so we, 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 we talked about um, our, our favorites and – the guys we have the highest rated. Let's talk about some overrated guys. Um, let's talk about. Uh, we're each going to give you two guys that we think that that we think are a little overrated right now. The hype is real. They're overhyped. Uh, Kyle, who who are your two overhyped players at this point in the uh, the rookie process? Yeah, and, and with these overhyped guys, they're not even guys that. I don't like um, I like both of these players. I just think I think fantasy owners could could get suckered into paying too much. One of them being Josh Jacobs. We've already talked about him. I do like Josh Jacobs a lot. I think he could be very successful if he lands in the right spot. My worry is, is if he does land in the right spot, that all of a sudden we have fantasy owners going crazy trying to pay prices that we saw not nearly like we saw with Barkley last year but but kind of close maybe trying to trade up and get that 1.01 or trade and get him if if a league's already drafted and with Noah Fant, I, I like I like him he's going to be a really good weapon uh, but Jerry tell me if you agree here it reminds me of Eric Ebron that this is a guy that we're going to bring in and he's going to be this super guy that's going to play tight end. He's going to split out. He's going to be able to do all these wide receiver type things as well. Super athletic. And it just takes too long for him to develop. And I've seen people taking fan in the first round and I don't like tight ends in the first round. I hate it. Uh, I have uh, a few of the mocks that I've done a few of the rookie mocks in front of me. And the last one I have, he went one eleven. So mm -hmm. that's, that's too soon for my my gut. No, thank yeah. you. Well, I mean, I mean, you see what TJ Hawkinson sort of just came out of nowhere and outperformed Noah Fant too. So yeah, it just yeah, he he's not. I mean, he's an okay blocker. I'd say he's a better blocker than Eric Ebron was, but he's not the receiving talent that Eric Ebron was either. So yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, I've I've heard Noah compared to uh, Jordan Reed a couple of times now. And, mm -hmm. and 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 that that that's an interesting comparison. So, uh, J Jerry, who who are the the overhyped players that uh, have been overhyped to the point that they're on your radar? Okay, two little caveats. First, just like Kyle said, don't hate these guys. If they fall, I would like them much more. The second caveat is Kyle took the two guys I wanted. <laughs> um, but so uh, I I took a little turn. I went Hollywood Brown. And Andy Isabella, two guys that are just lightning bolts and can just rip the roof off. So I recently got into Andy Isabella. I saw a mock draft where the Lions took him 
I think it was the third round. And I was like, okay, I think they're just drinking senior bowl Kool-Aid. And I watched a game where he was against Georgia and I got through the first half and I was like, okay, this guy cannot play against major talent. And I went back and I looked at the, uh, the box score and I saw he had 220 receiving yards or something. And I was like, what? So I went back and I rewatched it all and I got to the second half. I didn't, I wasn't a quitter. I went, mama didn't raise a quitter and he destroyed Georgia in the second half of that game. So he's got some things that I like, but like I spoke about earlier, this mock draft I did, someone took him at one Oh nine. Now stop it. Listen, if he runs a four, three at the combine, like they're saying he's going to, the hype machine is going to explode and that could potentially be a spot where he goes. And I hate that. I hate it so much. If he's there in the middle of the second or the late second, those are all dart throws anyway. So taking him is fine for me. Same thing with Hollywood Brown. I took, I have two mocks in front of me. One, he went two Oh four. One, he went one Oh four. Now one Oh four. No, thank you. I don't, he's, he's, you watch him, he looks like Ted Ginn. Like, he's he's really fast. He can make the play down the field. People like to call him Deshaun Jackson. I don't know if he's as complete as Deshaun Jackson. That's why I like to bump him down to Ted Ginn. But now he's got this thing where he's not going to the pro day. He's not going to the combine, and he's taking a hit, and he went to 204. If he's there at 204, I would be super thrilled by that. I like that spot a ton. Even Even the end of the first, I don't. I'm not opposed to that. So I feel like Hollywood Brown, if we're talking high end, middle of the first round, no dice. Andy Isabella, you know, people want to say he's a Patriot wide receiver. That's probably just a white wide receiver thing. But if he ends up in the right spot, he could be good too. I'm just, there's not all situations that these two guys are conducive for. Yeah, and and Andy Isabella, so I mentioned earlier how I like the fact that I have heard positive things on um, who was the receiver? Oh, Hakeem Butler. We were mentioning earlier that we had heard positive things on him now from Kyle, who we respect a great deal, Travis, Nick Whalen. That's a good thing. But see, Andy Isabella is a guy that's getting mixed reviews out there. Some people really like him. So it, for, for me, that it's not a red flag yet. Now, if all three of those guys had said, hey, Andy Isabella's trash, then he's off my draft board. But that's not what they're saying. The, 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 what they're saying is that it's mixed reviews, so we, we need to do further research and don't lock in an opinion on a guy like Andy Isabella just because he's fast. I mean, yeah, he's and you know, destination and draft capital, I think, are big things. You got He's got to be a full package to where he gets drafted. A fast white receiver in Oakland smells like <laughs> uh, the ghost of Al Davis. Um, so, 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 my two overrated guys, and uh, I, I tell you, he was already on my overrated radar. But when I, uh, the the shirtless pick popped up on Twitter <laughs> last week. It, it was over. I, I'm the done. The dude's a bull. I'm like, is, is my man going to the Arnold Classic in Columbus this weekend and then going to, you know, make the short drive from Columbus, Ohio over to Indianapolis for the combine? I mean, my man was jacked. I mean, he looked, it, it's, he's listed as 6'3, 225, and, and he looked every bit of 240. I mean, just absolutely just a physical specimen. But but that that can you know that that can be both good or bad. For right now, I'm gonna consider it good. I think he's gonna test well at the combine. But his production in college is, is a little spotty for me. 
the 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 neck injury that he suffered that ended his season last year that bothers me. I'm a Colts we're, fan. We're talking about DK Metcalf too, by the way. I don't oh, know did, if you did, did I not I say his it. name? We, were, we got talking about his abs, and I think you got distracted. <laughs> oh my a little god, bit, yeah, D, DK Metcalf. Um, if I, I'm, I'm my apologies, Jerry. Great catch. I got so so caught up in the abs and sending him to the Arnold that I forgot to mention his name. Um, but but the neck injury. Um, and the, the the two things that really bother me more so than than the neck injury and the spotty production is that he's got a very limited route tree, and he's got questionable hands in some of the scouting that I've done and read, which that makes me nervous. He does have a good release. He is extremely explosive, and what I could see like top end out of this guy, it's like uh, during the off season there was a lot of shirtless Josh Gordon photos floating around out there, and. Uh, Someone's like, there couldn't be a more jacked wide receiver than Josh Gordon. And DK Metcalf strolls up and like, hold my protein shake. You know, he has that elite, that elite size. So um, if, he, if he lands in the right landing spot, he'll creep back up my board. But for right now, he's a little too hype for me. And the other one's Parrish Campbell. Um, I, I've seen him in, you know, the top 24 overall of a 1QB non-tight end premium draft. And I just don't see it. I, I think people like him because he's also fast. Um, six foot 208. Again, this bothers me and it always has limited route runner, poor hands at times and not physically tough, man. That does not smell like a recipe for success for an NFL wide receiver. Um, even if he is fast now, he had elite and I say elite, I mean like seriously elite production at Ohio state. He had 90 catches for just shy of 1100 yards and 12 touchdowns a senior year. He's got elite speed, but for where I think he'll be going in your rookie draft, I would much rather get his uh, college teammate, Terry McLaren, a round or so later in, in the rookie draft. So uh, those are my two overhyped guys. So uh, any, anything on Jerry or I's uh, overhyped guys, Kyle? I'll tell you one thing. Um, for as great as a uh, resource that Twitter is, there's one thing that fantasy football people love, and it's one-handed catches and shirtless picks <laughs> to send people flying up draft boards. So, uh, no, I, I agree with everything that you had to say. And, you know, when you mentioned, you know, fast wide receivers, I tend to be a little bit worried about them as too. Uh, because, it, I mean, if, if you can run fast, that's great, but you're going to have to separate. You're going to have to run clean routes. If those are things that you're going to have to try and clean up, you're not going to you're not going to be able to give that value back um, right away that you're going to spend in a rookie draft to try and take them. So, you know, in rookie drafts, I try to grab guys that, yes, do have upside, but the quicker they can help me, the better, because if I'm drafting really high, there's probably a reason for that. I need to help sooner rather than later. Uh, very well put. So so if if a couple of guys are overrated, then that that's got to mean that there's a couple of guys who are underrated. So uh Kyle, give us your two under-the-radar rookies uh, that, that you're keeping an eye on going into the combine. Yeah, so the one guy I already mentioned, Rodney Anderson. I mean, really the only reason, running back out of Oklahoma, the only reason that he isn't talked about more often is injuries. I mean, he's basically solely being pushed down right now because of injuries. Um, you know, if, if it weren't for those injuries, if he had a full 2018, if it wasn't for the ACL tear early in the season, he's probably a Heisman candidate and he is my running back one on the board. Absolutely. No questions asked. Um, I mean, he ran for 1,161 yards, 188 attempts and 18 total touchdowns in 2017. He's got really good vision, great balance, elusiveness 
got to work in pass protection a little bit, but you know, those are things that we hated on Kareem Hunt about, and he ended up doing just fine, you know, in Kansas city. So Rodney Anderson, another guy, I think that could be uh, it, under the radar, a guy that you grab um, later first round, he'll definitely end up being a first round pick depending on landing spot. And then another guy I, I'm, keeping an eye on Jalen Hurd, wide receiver out of Baylor. This is a guy that used to start at running back in Tennessee over Alvin Kamara. So I think that tells you a little bit about what this guy looks like in terms of um, his athletic ability. Uh, he's extremely athletic, great build, 6'4", 220. He just needs to continue to transition, route running, learning the tree. He just needs to learn how to become a wide receiver. Um, you know, With those things right there, though, you know, if I can get him you know, with maybe a third round pick, if he doesn't land in the best spot, maybe his combine's a little shaky because again, he's still learning the spot. So maybe his routes aren't nearly as clean. You know, he's a guy that I can stash for two or three years that I think could end up helping a team down the road and bring good fantasy value in return. All right. I love the Rodney Anderson pick it. All you have to do is watch the things that that man did in the Rose bowl against Georgia led on defense by Roquan Smith. He, as much as, um, why is his name? Uh, Sony Michelle. Goodness gracious, Jerry. As good as Sony Michelle did in that game, Rodney Anderson went blow for blow with him back and forth the whole day. He's a package. If he's healthy, he's, he's probably my one-on-one, honestly, in truth. Wow. Well, uh, that I know Jerry wanted some of these guys, but there is an advantage to getting to the show doc first, which Kyle did. So Jerry, you got there last. So uh, who are your under the radar guys? Uh, I went, I went one guy that's later, and then one guy that I really like. So I'm gonna go with the the guy that I think is gonna be around later in your draft, and that's Mike Weber. So Mike Weber came out, and he was supposed to be the next the next Zeke when he got to Columbus. And J.K. Dobbins showed up a year later and he just he never, you know, J.K. took that job. But Mike Weber showed things that were good, man. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to rub poop in Kyle's face because they had a great defense. Mike Weber did some nasty things against them and he torched Michigan State, who had the number one rushing defense in the country and just embarrassed us. So it. When you see him go against great defensive talent like that and just make mincemeat of it, it, it gives me pause a little bit. So I like Mike Weber, and he could he could be a third or fourth round rookie pick. I mean, we'll see where he gets drafted. He could go sooner, but that's a guy that I really think is going later. The guy I like, though, is Travion Williams out of Texas A&M. He's got some carry-on Johnson to him. He's a little smaller than him, which is the biggest thing that gives me pause. He's only 200 pounds but he plays so much bigger than that. And he blocks. Well, if you watch him taking on these sec defenders, he stuffs them. And if you watch Texas A&M at all, they like to run the ball with the quarterback. So they, they asked him to block early and often, but I watched two games yesterday. I was telling Randy, I was on a stationary bike because I've been trying to, you know, cut the huskiness down a little bit. And I like to watch tape while I'm doing it. So that way I stay on the bike longer <laughs> and I watched him against Alabama. He didn't really get in a lot of work. So that was a, a waste of about, you know, 10 minutes, but it's all right. It helped my cardio. And then the Auburn game, he just, he was the difference in that game. I think he had three touchdowns in the first half or the first three quarters. He was just dominant. He's a good player. I really think he's going to be slipping into the second round unless NFL talent 
or NFL scouts, excuse me, see him better than Twitter does, which is possible. Even though, you know, the NFL sometimes likes to poop their pants too. But if he ends up getting that high draft capital, I really could see him shooting up boards. Well, I, uh, I, I like both of so, so some notes I took away from Jerry, because I was taking notes when Jerry was talking, is one, he likes Mike Weber, who I believe is an heir to a uh, barbecue grill fortune. And uh, he is getting ready for swimsuit season. So, so some interesting facts from Jerry during his rant there. My, my two under the I'm radar. I'm close to a truffle shuffle. Sorry. Is, I just, is, is that I right? Yeah, I, I, gotta, I don't want to be able to do that. Do the truffle shuffle, Jerry. <laughs> uh, so, so my two under the radar guys. Uh, one is Miles Sanders from Penn State. I mean, this guy was a five-star recruit. Um, you may not have heard a lot about him because his first two years in uh, Happy Valley, he played behind a guy maybe you've heard of him. His name's Saquon Barkley. But I love his size. He's 5'11", 215. Um, he's, he's got low mileage. Like if you were buying a used car, if he were a used car, he'd be that one that they, they, they slapped the low mileage logo on the windshield. Low mileage, but you know what? He did a lot with his uh, one year of major usage in college. He had almost 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. And what I really liked about him is that he really, I don't, I don't think he looked as good as a pass catcher as, say, Josh Jacobs, but I did like the fact that he had 24 receptions in 2018. So um, he's a guy that I would not be afraid to take a half around early. If I was at, like, at the 206 and he lands in, in a landing spot that I thought was uh, ideal or conducive to fantasy production, I'm not going to be afraid to take this guy uh, maybe a little bit earlier than I should to quote-unquote get my guy. The other one is kind of uh, is, is intriguing. Maybe it's the inner uh, – inner combat sports fan in me, but it's Elijah Holyfield. Um, coming off a 1,000-yard season, seven touchdowns, and again, a, a great size, 5'10", 215. And if you've seen any pictures of this guy, he's rocked up. I mean, he he, he may have an ounce or two of uh, – he's, he's got that Jerry build. He's got like an ounce or two of body fat. He's also been on the recumbent bike. Um, but, but he's got excellent vision and great power. To me, to me, and he's also got low mileage because of uh, the one year of extended use because he was behind Sony and Nick Chubb there, there in Georgia. So a low mileage guy, he's not speedy. And, and I think I see him kind of as a, as a Jordan Howard type, but I think he's the kind of guy that would make a nice compliment to Jalen Richard and Doug Martin there in Oakland. I think that hurts my Chris Warren shares. But to me, I see a little Jordan Howard, which that's cool for, for, for Dynasty. If you got a guy like, like Holyfield in like the middle of your third round and he ended up giving you some Jordan Howard-type production in the right spot, you're not going to hate that with, uh, with that kind of uh, draft capital. So, listen, that's it. Uh, anything on our under-the-radar players, Kyle? I will tell you, Miles Sanders and Elijah Hoyfield are two that I'm seeing ramp up in terms of discussions. Um, people are really starting to dive in these two. I see a lot of arguments about Miles Sanders. It, it, there's nobody that seems to be in the middle. You're either on one end or the other when it comes to him. So it, it's comical to watch some of those arguments go back and forth sometimes. So I've heard good things. I've heard bad things. Um, with Mike Weber, he is he is one that I've been extremely interested in seeing where he's going and what people think of him right now. Um, just because, I mean, on like a per-touch basis, he was really, really good. But, you know, those eye-popping numbers that people tend to see um, just didn't happen, especially with how much they passed the ball at Ohio State this past season. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested in keeping an eye on all of these guys because I don't do any any rookie drafts until after the actual NFL draft. 
I don't start drafting this early. So I'm doing all my homework right now, keeping an eye on these people. So I know where I might be able to get them in a couple of months. Well, listen, we, we appreciate you, uh, you exposing some of your early secrets here on the Dynasty War Zone with Jerry and I. And, and remember, you can find him on YouTube at the Fantasy Headliners. Um, check him out over there. Um, you can find him on Twitter at KRich. That's K R I C H 1532. 1532. K Rich 1532. And if he doesn't get back to your trade right away, he might be getting 45 minutes of sleep. And he, he, he will get to that Twitter poll ASAP, and uh, he, he will usually leave you some, uh, some nice comments. Uh, Jerry, anything for your old buddy Kyle before we let him uh, get on down the road? No, it was just awesome. The Wolverine had to actually sit down and talk with you for a little bit, because it has been a bit, because he's a busy man. Have you seen this man on Twitter? Uh, 45 minutes might be a stretch, Randy. That's like he's sleeping in at that the 45 yeah, minute he mark. He sleeps with his eyes open like major pain. Like he just <laughs> he doesn't even. <laughs> oh man, that brings back some. That's a good movie. I feel if that was on Netflix, I'd be popping it in right now. <laughs> so, uh, th- 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 there's you an under there's you a sleeper an under the radar sleeper movie is a uh, major pain with uh, Damon Wayans. Well, listen, Kyle, in all sincerity, thank you, and you also were one of the first people to be extremely kind and nice to me when I ventured down this road of. Uh, hanging out in uh, Dynasty Twitter. So thank you so much for coming on. Anything you want to add before we let you go? No, I, I appreciate it. Hopefully there'll be uh, another chance for me to jump on with you fellas. I, I, I do appreciate being on and um, would love to talk some more football again. You are always welcome here at the Dynasty War Zone. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.